0: Greetings, this is your brother Aleem Welcome to another episode of Talking Black Um, In this episode I want to talk about the movie Soul Um, I want to talk about not only Soul I want to also talk about another movie that I saw um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and if I can think of anything else then I'll touch on that too because it's not all the time that I get on here to speak. Sometimes I, I forget that I even have this channel up. Got a rewarding kids. I'm at work. Um and that's no disrespect I hope that's not no disrespect to y'all, but it's just, you know so many things going on in my life. You know, I I like to consider myself to be a random tasker or or like, a, you know, my focus can go into a lot of different things. Um, You know, I don't know if I told you all this, but I'm in I'm I'm practicing real estate. I'm looking into architecture. I'm I'm studying Arabic, you know, I um, just recently got into something like a relationship. So, you know, my, you know, it's a lot of things that go on in my little, you know, circle, my part of the world. Um, you know, COVID put me back from a lot of my goals, but, you know, I told myself that going forward, you know just with certain people that are close to me dying like my aunt um my grandmother's sister who's a very um prominent figure in my family she died um another aunt of mine who was the mother to my uncle who's very um prominent figure in in my father's side of the family she passed away and and so you know all this death is it's it's a fuel for life, um, and that's how I'm choosing to see it. I believe that's the best way to see it. Um, that death is not really death. That is it's a it's an it's it's a way to appreciate existence. And so I'm, uh, you know, I have all these, you know, hobbies and all these things that I like to get into, and I, I was, you know, uh, admittedly um, negligent of my own, you know, self, you know, of my own gifts, you know, you know, I'm 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 not, I'm not really bad at anything that I put myself to. Um, it's 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 a gift and and there's been times where i have screwed well i've um squandered the gift to the point of almost losing it entirely or uh, completely um you know I like to paint i'm not a bad painter, I'm not a bad artist by by many people's um opinion. So that's something else that I'm trying to that I'm developing uh, for future purposes for, you know, you know, life is just a beautiful journey. It's, it's just a beautiful journey, you know. Um, but moving on to the um, my review of soul. And I was watching a review. Um, I was watching a a, a reviewer speaking about the laws of reviewing. um, If there could be such a thing, you know, and he made a lot of sense. You know, my opinion is not definitive. Um. There are certain guidelines that i tr- try to follow in delivering an opinion i you know I try to make my opinion secondary to the the facts, but the facts they could the facts are not entirely facts they they there's biasness and um there could be some biasness inside the facts. And and me being cognizant of that, I believe aids in the way I review. Um, I believe it does that I'm, you know, I'm cognizant of the of the potentiality that I might be um mixing in my own biasness into um why I give or why I give negative criticism or Positive criticism to a project. Um, that being said, I saw the movie Soul. Um, when I my, my first impressions of it before I saw the movie were you um, were um, I've seen what Hollywood has done with black characters in cartoon form. Um, Hollywood, I just want to say this. So it'll be a precursor or it'll be like a preamble that would um, come before everything else that I say to put into context. Everything that I say afterwards, so that I don't have to, you know, jump back and forth between saying that. Um, but Hollywood has a agenda against the Black people that um, is very noticeably seen in in very really much every movie genre that you can think of. Um, you know, they don't respect the Black man or the Black woman. They don't respect Black family. They don't respect black children. They don't respect black babies. Losing Isaiah. It, the, Hollywood has a very clear agenda against the. I would say against the. the lives of black people but it is it's more so hollywood does not believe in black people it does not believe that black people are capable of existing on our own or it does believe it and it does is best to try to make us existing on our own terms us living on our own terms uh a fantasy or something that is not even, you know, uh, a part of our psychological makeup. They don't want you to believe in yourself to that degree that you can exist without them. Um, they want our destinies to be tied together. And, and, and I'm going to bring that back up during this movie, Soul, so that you can see what I mean when I say that. And I and then I'll use other movies as references. When I, you know, so my first impressions was, you know, when when cartoons take on black characters, they don't handle black characters well, you know, uh, for for example, my first my first example would be Princess and the Frog. Um, you know, it was a 2D animated movie, which was a callback to. Disney when I when I believe Disney was in its it, at its pinnacle of success, um, 2D animation, um, the beauty of 2D animation. You're talking about the Hunchback of Notre Dame, beautiful film. The Aristocats, beautiful film. Aladdin, The Lion King, The Little Mermaid. All these films are beautifully made. And they're done with 2D animation or, you know, by creating cells, um, the process, that process um, of animate. So, like, you know, it's a call back to 2D animation because they neglected black people out of their canon or out of their line up for princesses they they disney was not if disney saw royalty and black people and it's very difficult not to see royalty in black people you know it's not that white people don't see black people as regal it's just that white people don't want to see black people as regal you know when you see something that's regal but you have, the op- you have the opportunity to a- ignore it or try to act as though it doesn't exist. You know, you'll take that route to try to promote your own regality, to promote your own beauty, to promote your own sense of self-worth. And that's what Disney does. Disney does not, you know, it's not historically in the business of promoting the beauty of black people. So the era of Disney princesses was across the board white um or Asian if you want to consider Mulan, but Mulan is not technically a Disney princess. Um so, so they made a movie for about a princess that was black. But the whole whole movie they really mess they really deliberately defeat the purpose of making her a Disney princess you know at all by making her a frog for you know the majority of the film it's not it's only at the Beginning and the very end of the film, that she's even in her anatomically correct human, black, divinely created form. And between those two, those stages, she's a a frog. They did the same thing with Will Smith in the movie where he's a spy that came out recently. I don't know what it is, but I know that. He, I don't, I haven't seen the movie, but I know that the white character that is played by Tom Holland, I believe, Spider Man, he gets to keep his white form as a human being, but Will Smith had to become a pigeon, a secret agent bird. And so with Soul, I'm thinking. Okay, this is going to be more of the same, you know, Hollywood being so intimidated or so, yeah, intimidated is the correct word. And, and I certainly have justification for using that word. I could, But I could use so many different words to describe how white people view black people and how white people handle black people. Um, in their films, they they there's a deliberation. It's not careless. It's not, you know, it's not carelessness that white people deal with black people. Um, you know, I was, you know, trying to, you know, voice these opinions to somebody, and they said, "Well, you're thinking too deep in it." And I said, "Well, the people that made this movie, they were thinking deep in it too. They they, they thought deep into this, and and the movie is actually more." agenda driven than I even imagined that it would be I, I have no idea what what I was getting myself into when I saw this film but they have they the core of this film is is very deceptive <laughs> is is very deceptive um and, and I'll get into that as well um what do I think about the film in overall the deceptive nature of the film overrides, even though it is supposed to be the undercurrent. Um, my mind has a way of making the undercurrent the overriding uh, current. So, what what is underneath to you know be seen as subtle subtlety, quote unquote, because subtlety is is relative. You know, some things are subtle to people who are, you know, not privy to, you know, microcosms or things that exist in the details. But then but to other people who who are very, very familiar with the details, not saying I'm one of those people, but to To those who are very familiar with the details on a molecular level, subtlety does not exist. It's just wide open. It's not subtle. It's just it is what it is. I I see it for what it is. It's not subtle anymore. You're not being subtle. You're being, you know, very uh, transparent. And um, this movie... It uses a black man who is a pianist. He it uses his dreams to say that, uh, well, this is it could be debated, (laughs) everything is innocent. Everything is innocent with Disney. Everything, you know, is, is you know, the message is always with the morality of the story is always supposed to be the, the chief principle. The chief principle of this movie or so they want you to believe is <clears throat> on the surface. They want you to believe that. This character, this black man who wanted to be in a jazz band. He had, you know, squandered a lot of his life because he had put a lot of the things that he wanted to, that he should have done to the side, so that he could chase a goal to be in a band. Um, and the movie wants to say chasing these goals was 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 not your purpose. Living your life was your. What's your purpose of living? Okay, this is part two of the Soul Ma Rainey review. Um, So to pick back up where I left off, um, this idea, I, I would say that it's an agenda, really, because they want people to be driven by nothing they they don't want people to have an impetus they don't want people to have a drive well particularly black people they want to make it seem as though black people sh- should not follow higher callings yeah really that's it they they want to make it seem as though black people should not f- follow their higher callings so closely. You, you you know, you should just live your life, you know, enjoy enjoy life as it is, you know, enjoy, you know, and, and you you hear it in my voice that I'm trivializing this because it is it's it is trivial, it is childish, it is, you know, condescending, you know, because it's all from a white voice and a white perspective. You know, and it's more of the same of what they've always wanted us to do. They never wanted us to go higher than what we really could go. So in this movie, they make this black man. First off, they make him fatherless, because if a black man has no father, and in, in a lot of movies you'll see that when they kill the father of a black man, it's so that they can replace the father figure with a white father figure, or or with no father figure, so that he will be guided by. Mm, his own desires and then his desire then the the movie or the film or the project it will make it so it will the directors the writers they'll make it so that his desires um are what makes him human and that he shouldn't feel ashamed for following his desires in place of following his father's Guidance and the father always represents God, always because the father is passing on direct genetic material and genetic information to the surface. When you know, when a black man says to his son, You know, son, a man has to work and have a goal in mind, that is not. That man speaking, but that's the genetic information that's inside of the man coming to the surface to instruct the genetic material that exists inside of his son so that the genetic material can continue to exist so that the flow of of the so that there can be uh, descendants, you know, and that's why in the movie, this man has no children. Um, and it's all it, uh, I didn't even think about that But it makes perfect sense He doesn't have any children um, Because he has no father So there's a part in the movie where You know, the white person and, and again, and I'm gonna get back to this This white person voiced by Tina Fey, I think Tina Fey says, why don't you go out on a date With the with your girlfriend And he says, oh, you know, I put it off To the side, she was like yeah, Uh, uh you know she says you know she's basically there to she's basically there as his white consciousness to try and make it seem as though she she understands life better than him that's what this is all about Th- that's really what this is all about she appreciates life more than he does because she never was alive her character is this quote unquote spirit Spirit that exists, or soul, to stay true to the title. It's a soul that exists before it is born. So she's a child that has been alive for hundreds of years because she's never been born. This is, again, you you follow the the concept because before you get you know entranced by the message of the movie, you have to understand that this movie is made from the mind of a white person that this is it doesn't play into reality at all that's what I'm trying to put into my voice my lack of enthusiasm is supposed to represent the reality that 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 Disney's logic does not follow um, it, and especially not in terms of black people black people do not live in a Disney movie our, our life is not Disney our life is real. Disney can never really touch on black life and make it real. They, they have no business touching and putting their white-gloved hands, Mickey Mouse, white-gloved, rubber-eared fingers on our lives. Because, you know, when you start talking about black people's lives... The, the severity of our lives and the, the intensity at which we live life, it, it immediately disqualifies the innocent approach. The innocent approach is disqualified. You can't go innocent with us. You have to go real. You know, a lot of people, in a, you know, when they talk about The Cosby Show, my, fav- my favorite show of all time is The Cosby Show. And then The Sopranos, and um, there's a connection between those two that I might talk about later. It's the Cosby Show, The Sopranos, and then every other show that I've ever really liked after that. But um, the you know a lot of people's criticism of the Cosby Show is saying that you know it's not black enough, it's too innocent. The Cosby Show is not innocent. The Cosby Show is doing its best to be real while simultaneously trying to. Ascend Slavery Ascend the The mental Chamber That slavery put black people in Is trying to Ascend above The stereotypes that's what the Cosby show did But it was never innocent You know Always had a real flair That was undergirding it you know, um, so the first thing that I have a problem with, well, first of all, let me let me before I get to problems. right? Well, I start with a problem. The animation by Pixar, <laughs> you know, it can't be can't be stressed enough that the animators at Pixar are brilliant. that's where it ends <laughs> that's where the good praise goes that's where the good praise goes out it, you know it the story follows all the you know it hits all the marks of a story you know the, it, it keeps you entertained throughout um you know it's very visual it's um you know the the directors know how to subvert your expectations to to make you you know kind of wait for the next you know you know anticipate the next thing that's going to happen to the characters so it does that well um so from a film perspective i would probably grade this a b yeah probably give it a b but from, but my reviews are not from a film perspective when it concerns black people at all. Because th- these movies are made specifically, they're not made for white people. Soul was not made for white people. So, if white people watch Soul, they will not extrapolate anything from Soul that they have not already extracted from previous films on good morality you know soul is not offering anything new to consider it's just doing it from a black realm which it should not and I'm going to explain why Um, soul is made for black people and and so when I'm doing my reviews on black projects is I have to tackle the message and how good the message is for black people or how bad it is against us as black people and, and, and if I'm grading soul on that I'm giving soul a F I'm giving it an F. F <clears throat> first off <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with a man pursuing his dream they killed a man's father they make him dependent upon his mother his mother Unknowingly, because you know the mo- his mother, you know she she's she's like most black women, not all black women, but like most, in that she, you know, life is life for a black woman is so daunting of a task. Because of the weight that is put on her from not having the full support of a man. And they illustrate that in this film. They make her characters say that, you know, basically I was taking care of your father. Your father wasn't taking care of me. He was like a bird. Bur- they doesn't say that. His father was a burden to her. But that is what is insinuated from her tone of voice that the father was a burden and the son is a burden. Uh, just just to be clear, you know, these these things are very white. You're, these are white things. These are white points that they try to make. So that the black woman always feels that she is burdened by the black man That the black man is not the uplifter of black women The black man is the burden of black women So his mother is taking care of his father who dies Right, That's, that's deliberate Can't have a black man being guided by another black man because that is true strength okay that is true strength the mother can only give so much strength to her son because the strength of a woman does not always translate to the strength of a man it doesn't always it has to have a vehicle it has to have a there has to be a road that is paved before that And that 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 road the, So that your mother's You know divinity Her feminine divinity Can accentuate Your masculine divinity If you are a man It has to have a road Paved by a man And a man has to be It has to be a smooth road So that when your mother's energy Crosses into your threshold It is not you know you're not rejecting it. It's not coming across, you know, it's coming across clear. You, and, it, you know, the man has paved a good road for you to be receiving of feminine energy to bolster your own energy. But not to take over and usurp your energy with feminine energy. The feminine energy could be characterized as air to your fire. But it is not air that extinguishes your fire and then you just full of air or full of soul or whatever this movie is trying to convey full of, you know, something, you know. So he's a grown man who is still arguing, having having these very uh, beta male arguments with his mom. Mom, I just want to live my life. Why are you even having these type of arguments with your mother at this age, you're you're a 40 year old man. Your mother's in her 70s. You're arguing with her about how you want to live your life. A black man doesn't argue with his mother at that age about what he wants to do with his life. Um, that that conversation does not exist. If it does exist, it exists in very few people. But for the most part, you know. A, you know, the mother won't have. The mother will actually have you know, support she will support her son in whatever he's doing. My son is a carpenter, you know. Because the mother wants the son to be a school teacher. And she said, and why? What is her in- impetus for want him want to be a school teacher? Because he's so much of a burden. She doesn't want to be financially responsible for him in case he you know, should fall into bad times or she should die. She doesn't want him to just be, you know, struggling because because she has no faith. Really, this movie is about having no the black woman have no. Well, this movie is not about the black woman, but the movie is about the inadequacies of black men. That's what this movie is about. So she doesn't have faith in her son. You know you need to become a school teacher so that you can have them 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 good benefits and they got Felicia Rashad of all people from the Cosby show voicing this woman and it and that seemed out of place as well um because Felicia Rashad has more sense than this woman in real life um you should uh you should get the teaching job because he's teaching music at a school. And uh at the beginning of the film, you know, the principal of the school comes and hands him, you know, uh his his clear you know, he's he's being put on full time, which is something that he may have mentioned that he wanted, but something that, that he really didn't want because to, you know, commit yourself full time to teaching would be to take yourself away from your passion, which is to play music. And uh He wants he wants to be recognized as a musician. The movie doesn't do a good job of letting him have both the best the best of both worlds. As it does in movies like Whiplash, where J.K. Simmons character teaches jazz, teaches instrumentation but also plays in a band because he can juggle both this movie wants you to think that the black man is so inadequate that he can't juggle two things and it has his mother stressing over him because he can't choose what he wants in his life and all this in the third um, you know jamie fox does a wonderful job with the character and the animators again that do a wonderful job expressing the character but that 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 inadequacy of the black man is something that we have to pay attention to when it comes to white people because the inadequacy they're using the cuz it's not that we are not inadequate this movie and most movies in Hollywood go the extra mile of saying that we are damn near worthless no, we're not worthless. You know, we have inadequacies and um, irregularities in our performance as men. Um, however, that does not make us worthless. Um, it does not make us without hope. Um, when we are, when we allow white people to place those types of Concepts behind us, because you know again this 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 is the kind of racism that is subliminal to most people where they watch the movies say, I, I don't see the racism racism. where's the racism? There's no racism here. This is just a fun family loving movie. The racism that is is that is taking place here is being done on a microscopic level. That again, like I said, microscopic is relative because to some it's microscopic, but to me, it's, you know, like, you know, it's not particles. It's like, it's like bigger than that. It's like little, it's like real balls, not like tiny, tiny balls, but like balls you can hold in your hand. Pause. So. when I'm watching so that's one thing so that's that's one you know he, he's inadequate he wants to be a teacher he doesn't want to be a teacher he wants to play jazz that's his passion okay then he dies his death is also a sign of white supremacy at work because death he's not dead he's in a coma we all know that it is a popular trope in white cinema for black men to die as a sacrificial piece for white characters in horror movies you know I remember you know one something that I hated so much was um, that bird, uh, bird box, or whatever the fuck that movie was called. And um, you know, you got that that brother who was in Moonlight, playing in there, you know, flirting with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> you know, it, it, <laughs> you know, that's that's you know, I tell this to a friend of mine. I have a friend of mine who. You know, there's some brothers who they are so entrenched in the, the Negro character or, or the, the thug or the, the nigger character as a, as a, as a caricature that they don't that they don't understand that, that that character does not cannot really exist across the entire spectrum of interaction with other people you know of course it's always comical to see the the, the quote unquote nigger character interact with other people because you know he's unapologetically himself it's not that he's unapologetically black he's unapologetically nigger so he just says things you know he talks and however he talked when he doesn't believe in you know compo recomposing or reconditioning himself to have an interaction with another person that is not from his culture of being a nigger which, which is commendable on one sense embarrassing on other senses and the embarrassment comes from the lack of understanding of how you are coming across to other people so you got this brother in bird box just to, as a brief detour You got this brother in Bird Box, you know, he's sitting there flirting with Sandra Bullock, you know, putting on his Mac Daddy, trying to go to the white woman with all his Mac Daddy isms. I'm a Mac Daddy, you know, I could take I got I got big D for you. I I got I could lick my lips for you. and, And Sandra Bullock is doing her best as a white woman to try and, you know, ride the you know, the, the wave, because these frequencies, these sexual frequencies that he's emitting, she's doing her best with her counter frequency to try and make it seem as though she's, you know, riding his wave and, you know, she, she going to give him what he wants, but, you know, they make it very apparent to know on certain terms that she doesn't agree with him she's not on his side she she agrees more so with the character that John Malkovich plays which was a uh, open racist who believed you know who said let's make America great again and she believed because his character was designed to be the most logical one of all of them even though he was also the most bigoted one in the white person's eyes who made the movie bigotry is is really the white man's bigotry Is actually Not evil The white man's bigotry is not evil It's just uh, It's just his superiority Makes other people see him as a bigot That's how they want to the pres- That's how they try to position the white supremacy in that movie So John Malkovich's character is an openly, you know, a racist he supports open racist ideals however they want to make it seem as though yeah he supports those ideals but he's so damn smart i mean how can so his so his if he's intelligent and he supports racist ideals then maybe you know it's not so bad that he's supporting these ideals maybe there's something to these ideals that should be investigated enough to support them as being correct ideals but she's all the time, you know, playing, you know, trying to play. She's listening to John Malkovich's character, but, you know, trying to play this black brother like, you know, he, you know, yeah. And then eventually he does get her draws, but is killed as a sacrificial piece later on in that movie to save her and her two white children. Man on fire. You got Denzel Washington dying to save Dakota Fanning. You got Denzel Washington going after another white girl in The Equalizer. You got so there is a a repeating pattern where they want black men, they want black people in general to be tethered to white people, to be tied to white people. So our destinies are entwined so that we can't get away. You can't get away. We want you to be emotionally attached to us. We want you to feel responsible for us. So they make a character in here who's played by Tina Fey and they make Jamie Foxx's character die. So he has to die, you know, so he can go to heaven and meet the white angel soul that's Tina Fey's character. I and mean, and Tina Fey, Tina Fey's character is very, you know, rambunctious. She's very childish, but she's also, she's childish, yet she arrogantly believes she's more intelligent than everybody, but the movie supports her intelligence as the higher intelligence above the black man's intelligence, because she's been alive for hundreds of years. So they, they even do like, you know, a little montage of her meeting famous people throughout her lifetime. She she was trained by Gandhi and she was trained by Mother Teresa, meaning that she understands peace. She understand as a white person, and this is, you know, this is white people. This is where the, the fiction and the animation comes in because you have to be fictitious when you speak about white people and inc- being able to properly indoctrinate themselves with peace peace is a foreign concept to white society peace and harmony and humanity are foreign concepts to white society in general Are there individuals of white society who go off the beaten path and and, and try their best to obtain an enlightenment that does not come from a Eurocentric point of view? Yes. Are they successful? Are they successful in reducing and renouncing the evils of their fathers in order to uh, grow into a truly human human being? maybe the fact of the matter is that there's not enough of them to even make the case but Hollywood will try to make you believe that all white people have achieved uh, nirvana and um, you know so He goes to heaven. He's in charge of her soul because there's a program where, you know, an older soul can take on an unborn. So a dead soul can can be a, a mentor to an unborn soul to help them get to Earth. But no one's ever been successful with her getting to Earth. So his character is ultimately this story is all about his character being able to, you know, incentivize this white character to go to Earth because she doesn't want to go to Earth. So, you know, they fall into Earth. The circumstances lead them to Earth accidentally where she is inside of his body and he is inside the body of a cat. Now, if that just seem if you haven't seen the movie and that just seems strange, that's because it is strange, and I'm explaining it exactly how it happened. It is strange, and that's exactly how it happened. His character is put into a cat, and she is then put into his body and so once she's in his body, she's well first off, this is supporting the transgender. You know there's a woman inside of the black man the black man is a female inside he's a weakling he's inadequate the black woman he, th- sees him as a burden he's a burden to the black woman and he's he's and he's not a real man on the inside he's like a girl so we're gonna put a white girl in his body have him making all these feminine gestures with his hands. So he goes from being a man to being a woman for a period of time. (sighs) She experiences life through his body and then decides that she wants to live. So then she, at some point in the movie, she takes his body and she wants to, you know, even though the plan is is for him to get back into his body, Her plan is to take his body because the movie very deliberately makes his character seem selfish because he wants to be alive. So they make his wanting to be alive a point of selfishness. That's how the movie angles his desire to live so that he can achieve his goal to be a jazz producer. You know, he makes several attempts to go when he when he dies or is in a coma as a spirit, he makes several attempts to get to Earth, but his attempts are always thwarted by, you know, this system, you know, and they, and they explain the system is like, you know, an intradimensional system that is constructed by these intradimensional beings or, you know, angels or whatever, you know, a person, a layman would, you know, they're basically trying to make the case that, you know, we're what people would call angels. But we're just, you know, we're interdimensional beings, you know, who assume a certain shape that your human brains can understand so that we can communicate and interact with you. But we operate on a higher realm, but we're all voiced by white people. So what what does that say to you, Elaine? Is there really a place up in the sky where interdimensional beings handle the souls of people? No at least i don't know but if uh, but if there is that they're, they're not voiced by white people and they're not white people so when you take this movie apart and you look at it for what it is all this is, is is a black man's life being herded and shepherded around by white people this you know he dies and goes to a place where white people are making rules of how he can conduct himself in the afterlife he's living on earth where white people are making rules on how he can conduct his life on earth then he dies and goes to another place where they're making rules about how he has to conduct himself there so he tries to get around the rules and his getting around the rules to try to get back to earth inside of his body it is always seen as him being not able to face his destiny because because they want him to die they're trying to say yeah you're you're destined to die your destiny was to die but you you got away from your destiny you fell through a loophole in our system and now you're sitting in here you know so we're going to make you a trainee for this white girl you fell through a loophole and um because the interdimensional beings are so intelligent they, um, they had they didn't seal the loophole Yeah, you got through the loophole and now you're going to be in charge of this girl Um, and he doesn't want to be in charge of the girl to help her so he doesn't want to be in charge of the girl now that's one point against him on his character that's what they're trying to make this movie about they're trying to say that the black man characteristically is a selfish moralist person so when he's So he's he's dead going to heaven. He he tries to escape going to heaven or the great beyond, as they call it in the movie. So he so they're on a conveyor belt to go up into the great beyond. He jumps off the conveyor belt, gets put into this like this space between worlds where souls are created before they're put into a human vessel. And then. He's put in charge of this girl, but the whole time that he's put in charge of this girl by by this, you know, quote, unquote, angel, which is just a quote, just a unquoted white person, a white person says, you're going to be in charge of this little white girl. He doesn't want the responsibility. And the movie makes that like, oh, see, he's a selfish person. He doesn't want to take responsibility for this little innocent white girl. He wants to go back to his body. See, that makes him selfish. That's how the movie frames this this whole fiasco. They so that they can have that revelatory moment at the end where it's like, oh, it wasn't about my life. It was all about giving my life for the life of others. That's what this that's all white people want black people to understand. So by the end of the movie, just to fast forward to the end of the movie really quickly, that's exactly what ends up happening. He actually, how the f- does he do it? Oh, he leaves his body. He leaves his body so that he can go search for the girl whom he left, the little white girl whose soul went back up to quote unquote heaven, or the place in between worlds, whatever the. F- so he leaves his body, goes to find her. And then allows him to t- allows her to take his place. He's, no, you know what? I lived. I did I lived my life. And this all happens in the course of just a few moments. He doesn't do any of the things that he really said he wanted to do. You know, he walk- and he's still the same age. It's not like a, a like 30, 40 years went into the future, and he's an old man and he's like, Yeah, you know what? I I give my life for this girl. No, he's still the same age. He's still the same age. And he's like, you know what? I get what she was trying to tell me this whole time. I was supposed to. I was so busy chasing after my dream that I I forgot that I was living my dream the whole time while I was alive. And you know what? I get her point. And now I'm going to go and give my life for her because she deserves to live more than I do. Because she taught me a lesson that I didn't know prior to her existence that's the kind that's how white people see black people and we you know it's not that we have more morality it's not that <laughs> such an insult when you think of a white person trying to make you look like you don't have any morality when a white person calls you a racist that's an insult you have to check them when they do that because they are trying to convince themselves you know, and it's really and not really so, so much convinced themselves because they they have they live in, in a fictionary world where they think that things can exist as they say they exist, when they say they do exist. Cause a white person can go from calling you a nigga behind your back to saying that you're a racist just because they know that you weren't privy to the conversation that they had about you behind your back. And in that moment, When they're calling you a racist, they are going to fully, um, fully pursue with, with full conviction that you are a racist as though they are not a racist. They're going to act like they're fully convicted and committed to the cause of ending racism so much to the point where they're willing to challenge you as a black person. Even though they know <laughs> Once they leave out of your face They'll be calling you a nigger This that and third <clears throat> But their programming makes it so that They can, they make you be You are the racist not me I'm not a racist My racism was expunged Who expunged your racism How did your racism leave your body and your brain When you live in a world that is ruled by white supremacy how did racism, how was racism extracted from your from who you are? Um, when Martin Luther King died, of course, you know, white people, we know that white people don't give a damn rat's ass about Martin Luther King, but they try to make it seem as though this black man, dying, was a symbol of love to the point where his love eradicated the evil inside of them and they they think this because it is what they are taught to think by the school they're indoctrinated to use that as a a um a very shallow defense against being called a racist. well, I'm not a racist because Martin Luther King died for my racism <laughs> you're not a- yeah. Yeah, you know what? You white people are kind of racist, man. Nah, no, we're not racist. We're not racist. We can't. We're not racist. When Martin Luther King died for my sins, um, that that took the racism right out of my body, buddy. Sorry. That's how they that's the fictitious, strange way that they're trying to present themselves as being this clean, morally correct authority. So they go from being murderers, killers, rapers of and overall evil doers of black people to then achieving enlightenment in the course of a day or a week to the point where they're back to being the superior race again. So we went from being the race that killed and destroyed the, the black race in its entirety To be in the race that also has the greater moral authority to correct black people when they're getting out of line. It's just it's just slavery all over again. It's just slavery on a higher level. It's, It's slavery from a physical level to a mental level. Slavery existed on a mental on a physical level. And now slavery is all on a mental level because white people are making themselves the head of morality which is a position that they they don't have no rights to the position of moral authoritative figure that is there there's light years between the distance that between that distance light years white people and moral Authority, it's light years, it's, it's not it's not miles, it's, it's light years, you, you you're light years away from being the moral authority of black people. You could you, you really, which means that, you know, even with your best machinery, you could never reach a point to be in a position of moral authority over a black person not with all the evil that your people have done so that's this movie does it is trying to make it seem as though this black man is a selfish losing loser he's a selfish loser who who won't let the little white girl live inside of his body because he wants to live more than she does and they really want you to think that this white girl has more right to live in his body than he does and then at the end of the movie, they say because you were so good and you 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 did something that no one else was able to do we're we're going to let you live So he gets to live, you know, he gets to, you know, reclaim his life that he gave up willingly for a white girl. You know, I don't want to live. I want the white girl to live. That's how they want to see black people as as sacrificial slaves. As cannon fodder, just, you know, people to be, you know, killed, you know, for the greater good, the greater good being white supremacy. White supremacy is the greatest good there is. You don't want to die for white supremacy. You don't want to die for a little white girl so she can live. What's wrong with you? You're a monster. That's what this movie is about. So he has to go through a series of conflicting um adjustments to achieve a point of, you know, uh, epiphany. He has an epiphany. Oh, I was living this whole time. So they make it, you know, he, you know, he plays, you know, he gets in the jazz band and then they, they make his character, not his character made itself. They being the writers, the director, they make his character say, you know what? like so what so what do we do from here oh we play again we play again tomorrow night too now he's a grown-ass man that's what this movie is not emphasizing enough they they want they made him his character grown on purpose to show you the futility of manhood in the black man it doesn't matter if the black man is is 16 or 40 he's still a boy so you know, they want his character to be really naive, stupid, a nigger, pretty much a, a stupid nigger, Negro slave in modern day settings. He's so he plays in the band. He gets his 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 desire granted to be in the band. He plays with the band. And this is one of the things that adds to his quote unquote epiphany that he should give up his life for the white girl because After he plays in the band, he says, "Okay, damn, well, what do we do next? And the head of the band, who was a woman. And if you look at the band, the band is very questionable as well, because there's a one of his former students is in the band. Um, I just made a really kind of like funny face when I did that. His former student is in the band. Somebody he taught is in the band. There's a girl with a bang that's in the band. So this band is full with young people with a black woman being the head of these young people and then the black man being on the piano this is all about the this is all that, that configuration was all about social constructs the black woman being the head you gotta you gotta uh, uh, um, a racially ambiguous girl playing the goddamn... Um, what is that that instrument to go... I, I forget what that shit is called. Anyway, it's not an instrument that a girl is going to typically play. Now, you, of course, you're going to have an a, a ignorant idiot out there who's going to try to say... There's some women out there who play that instrument. Yeah, this is a jazz band. There's not going to be a 20 something year old racially ambiguous girl who dresses damn near like she wants to be in a punk rock band playing that instrument. That instrument is typically played by a black man in his 50s and 60s or something of that. And so and, and, and so it is with the drums. Why does this woman who is an older woman who has a well-known band, quote-unquote, have all new members in her band? Where are the original members of this band? This is all a part of social engineering. They want the black woman to be... They they want to uh, make the black woman a queen of the damned. The damned are the millennials. The millennials are damned because the millennials are so infused with counter logical culture. Counter counter intelligence culture is the lifeblood of millennials. Counter intelligence culture, the culture of existing on the opposite side of logic reason and understanding that's what millennials represent they are the damned damned by you know it's really not their fault because it is the programming that was put into their minds to make them think that way from writers like the people who wrote the damn movie soul in the first place you know, when you're inundated with all this writing, all this script, all this programming from these white supremacist writers from the time that you're a baby to the time that you are, you know, an a, a some like 20 year old adult, you are a you are damned because your brain has no access to an outside influence that can revolutionize your body. So you're damned. You, you have no connection to God. You have no connection to supreme wisdom and supreme understanding because the white man's control has taken you away from all of that and it's putting you inside of like a bubble where you just see the world as white people say it exists. Homosexuality, transgenderism, feminism, men are stupid. Black men are the worst. And um, yeah, we're gonna live in this bubble. That's your bubble, that's your world. And and, and most millennials are perfectly okay with that world because that world has so much activities that they see. That's what keeps the world spinning. The entertainment, the movies, the singers, the Ariana Grande, the Pete Davidson, the, the Justin Bieber, the the new Playboy Cardi album, the, the Lil' Uzivert, the Drake. These people keep this world filled with activity so that the thoughts, the real thoughts, the real thoughts, the real things that matter go unanswered. The real thoughts that creep into a person's mind about their existence, about their self-worth. About their purpose. Those things are being removed. So that they can be in the trance of following. The flow and the rhythm. Of. The social engineers. Who built this world. So the black woman having a band. Of all new members. She being the only surviving member from the old band. um, It shows that she's the queen. Of the damned. She's the queen of the damned. To, you know, harken back to the movie that Aaliyah played in. She's the the queen of the damned. She's the queen of the new generation. And when you look at the people who attended the concert that they put on, nobody looked like in the concert that they were really jazz enthusiasts. Which again just shows the flimsiness of this movie. This movie is not about jazz. I don't even know if that was done done deliberately, you know, because you got to think that somebody in the animator studio was like, man, nobody in the audience looks like they're really here for a jazz concert. I mean, you got people in the damn audience wearing hoodies to a jazz concert, sweatshirts, hoodies, sweaters to a jazz concert. That doesn't make any sense. And that's not jazz attire. And the people that are in the audience are all racially ambiguous, you know, mostly black people. They make that, of course, the theme where that's the face of the movie is black. So we're going to put black people in the audience. But then you got, you know, white people in the audience. Oh, you know, there's white jazz enthusiasts. Yeah, but they don't look like they're fucking. They don't look like uh, they don't look like. They don't look like God. They don't look like the way that these guys looked in the audience. Let's just say that. Yeah, you got white people who love jazz. They wear glasses and usually older men with white hair wear sweaters and stuff like that. The, the, the jazz crowd was not represented in the audience because it wasn't about. Jazz. The movie. Not the movie. When you you gotta. We have to start being able to look at movies for what they are. Movies are about programming. It's not about the jazz. It's not about how well Jamie Foxx's character can play the piano. It's not about how well Pixar was able to animate the movie. Oh man, the animation is off the chain. Look at the animation. Oh my God, it's beautiful. It's not about that. It's not about. <laughs> any of that all of this is about programming black people to be intertwined with white people that's it they force a black man to take ownership of a white girl's soul so that her soul won't be damned and he 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 should sacrifice his soul for her soul get the fuck out of here that's the end of soul I'm done with that review um On the flip side, I did see a movie that I'm very happy about, but I'm going to end this review and then I'm going to pick up on another tab for that review. So just stay with me. Stay tuned. And I should have that one up shortly. Peace.